This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Arsenal Daily Transfer Series. Our show in which we break down the latest Arsenal news, keep you guys up to date with what's been going on in the world of transfers and Arsenal. And get your thoughts in the chat box too as we try to make sense of the madness and the chaos that we experience on every single daily basis as Arsenal fans at the moment. And it has been a little bit crazy over the last few days or so we've got. The news regarding Buendia kicking off first and then Ruben Neves stirring all kinds of stuff on social media. And then Granite Xhaka news pops out as well, just to make you make sure you're still awake uh, towards the end of the day. And we're going to talk about that and a hell of a lot more in today's show. I hope you're doing good. I hope you're well. Good morning, everyone that's tuning in live uh, as per as their 8am routine continues for episode 36. I think this is might be now. I might be wrong. I think it's 36. So we're on to the second month. Well into the second month now. And tomorrow, of course, is the day that officially the uh, English-British transfer window opens. Uh, we're going to have to wait a little bit to see the European market open. That doesn't open until July 1st. But the 9th of June is when uh, our market opens. We can officially, officially register players, officially uh, make signings and add them to squads and stuff like that. Um, you can still sign players before windows open, and so can clubs from Europe. You just can't register them. Um, you just see the agreement is that they would start on the date of, of when the transfer window opens, effectively. So, like, Emi Buendia was announced yesterday for Aston Villa, but they can still announce that. It just wouldn't go through officially, anyway, until uh, the transfer window officially opens. So, without further ado, let's kick off with today's first story. As we always do, we'd like to start with our are possible outs uh, first. And so, therefore, we're going to kick off with Hector Bellerin, the Spanish right back, of course, has been with the club for a hell of a long time, but looks this summer to be most likely to leave uh, the club. And Atletico Madrid are very much interested in taking Bellerin. In fact, reportedly, he has become their number one right-back replacement for Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney, who was linked to Arsenal at one point, looks to be going off maybe, possibly, likely to Manchester United to be a backup to Aaron Wan-Bissaka, maybe even to compete with him. And of course, he can cover uh, as a left-back as shown in the game for England the other day as well. So 
that's the situation with Bellerin. He is someone that we obviously want to move on. And the figure that's being touted around is around the £20 million mark that Arsenal have set, kind of set that up for. And when you start to think about the players that we could start moving on, suddenly we're putting together a, a little bit of a tidy transfer kit. If you think back to the summer of 2020, Arsenal were unable to make basically any money whatsoever. Um, did I say Kieran Tierney? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've just got Kieran Tierney on the brain. Kieran Trippier. Um, dearie me. Uh, in regards, just that's what it is. 36 shows in a row and your brain starts to melt. That's clearly what's going on. Um, but in regards to uh, where Bella is at, I completely lost my trailer. I thought, thanks, guys. <laughs> in regards to a figure and the money that we can make for these signings, suddenly you can start piecing together a puzzle of, of how much money Arsenal may be able to make this summer. Aston Villa were the only side that gave money to Arsenal in any kind of shape or form last summer with the uh, with the signing of Emmy Martinez. So there's, there's lots of stuff that we need to, to obviously gain from, from selling players. Not only do we need to make money, but we do need to make space in the squad because we are maxed out with our non-homegrown quota. Um, it's good to obviously bring in some experience if we can because that is lacking in the team too, although the players that we're being linked to are on the more younger side at the moment. So that's something that we need to consider let's move over to our next story christ i'm calling kieran trippier kieran chintini how am i going to get these next ones wrong um okay so we've got lucas terrera i think that's his name yep and uh, mateo genduzzi i'm pretty sure i pronounced that one right as well um these two guys of course have been linked with a move away from arsenal for a significant period of time now both of these are moving and inching ever closer to an arsenal exit it seems whilst we know again doozy marseille are certainly the club that are involved in his negotiations and wanting to take him away from arsenal and that looks like it could get done before the euros kick off Lucas Torreira's destination is is less sure. However, links to another Italian club, this time Lazio, have surfaced over the last 24 hours or so. Of course, Lazio are a club linked with, say, a Kalasinac as well, though that's gone a little bit cold recently. But Lazio are the latest club to be linked to Lucas Torreira, along with the likes of Fiorentina in the past. And, of course, we know his desired destination would be Boca Juniors, but financially it's just not a feasible move right now. But he's a good player for anyone that is able to get hold of him. He doesn't want to stay at Arsenal anymore. He's not getting the minutes, which is a shame because I really thought there was a player and a real talent in him that could have really been utilised at Arsenal and it hasn't been, uh, of course. But he's going to move away and hopefully both of these guys can again add more money to the transfer fund. If you can get a combined 25 to 30 million for these two, which is possible um, in kind of the upper echelons of the two, if you're looking at 15 million, 10 to 15 million each for uh, both of these players, I think that would be a great boost to Arsenal's transfer kitty. You add the 20 million to Bellerin on top of that, suddenly you're swimming in it. And then there's some other players that Arsenal needs to move on as well. So it could get very interesting to how much money Arsenal could have, which is also another reason why Arsenal should look to get their business done early. Because as soon as clubs start realising that you've got a lot of money to spend because you've sold quite a few players, then that makes negotiating that much harder. So that's something that club does need to consider in regards to ins as well as outs. Let's go into the uh, possible ins then. And of course, we'll go through all these stories and then we'll get uh, your thoughts and feelings in the chat box at the end. I feel like it just means this flows a lot smoother and quicker so we can get through the news and then get to your thoughts and questions in the chat box. Jules Kunda, um, the Sevilla and French international defender, is the links with this guy are not going away. Originally reported by The Athletic, of course. Um, but these links have persisted and supposedly Arsenal are not deterred by the £50 million price tag that has been set by Sevilla on him. 
he is certainly a very, very good defender with a hell of a lot of potential to be a world-class player in his own right. He's on that way already. He shows performances on a weekly basis for Sevilla in the Champions League, in the in La Liga, and hopefully maybe for France this summer as well if he gets minutes, which is going to be tricky considering who they've got in that squad. But considering he knocked out the likes of Canate and up and Meccano and these guys at the centre-back role to be in this French international team, it does show how highly rated they have got him on kind of this pedestal. Arsenal are not the only team interested. Chelsea are also another club that are looking at him very heavily. They see him as a player that could probably be a long-term replacement for Thiago Silva when he eventually moves on. Um, but someone who could start for them almost immediately. He's better than what they've got in most areas. He's probably slightly better than Antonio Rudiger, but he's much, much younger. And he's got a lot more still to grow uh, and a lot more still to improve. And I think he certainly would be a good signing if Arsenal made him. But I just don't know if it's worth spending £50 million on a centre-back when if you're going to sign that amount of money in that area, for me, it should be someone that's established that's going to have an immediate impact already uh, and not necessarily have the risk of potential associated with them. Let's go on to the next story, which is uh, Hakan Chalhanoglu, which this story was broken by James Benj of CBS Sports yesterday. Um, apparently, Arsenal are obviously looking around at possible attacking midfield alternatives to Emi Buendia. Now that's moved on. And the fact that Chao Hanoglu is going to be on a free this summer, should he not sign a contract extension with AC Milan, that is obviously a very attractive prospect to Arsenal. They're not the only club that are interested in him because of the fact he would be a free transfer. Of course, there would be signing on fees, wages to think about as well. But he is seemingly on Arsenal's radar, someone that they are concerning themselves with. Because we've seen a, a very credible link with James Benj, if I can get a tactical breakdown done on Chalonoglu, I will endeavour to get one out for you guys as soon as feasibly possible. We did actually do one last summer, I think it was. So if you do want to go and watch the old one that we did, that is still on the channel. You can still go and find it. Just type in Chalonoglu tactical breakdown, the Guna talk. It will come up. You'll be able to find it. We got some insight from Italy on that one. So make sure you check it out. Moving on to the next story, Julian Brandt, uh, another attacking midfielder that's been linked to Arsenal. It's funny because Drew texted me yesterday saying Dortmund are okay with him leaving. Just you wait and see Arsenal get linked to him once again. And believe it or not, look where we are. He has been linked to Arsenal once again. It's not too strong of a link as we've seen with like uh, Chelanoglu, for instance, but the links have been touted across some of the varying kind of smaller sources that we've seen so far. Dortmund are willing to let this guy leave. It's not particularly gone to plan since his move from Bayer Leverkusen for just over £20 million. The fee to get him would probably be around a similar figure, which would attract Arsenal because it's not too expensive and he's young and he's still got a lot of potential. He hasn't done too well uh, at Dortmund. He's done okay. Uh, he's not fulfilled what was expected. He hasn't progressed since leaving Bayer Leverkusen, which is probably a bit of a problem. But there's always the chance that a move to another club could, and regular minutes could, just see a coiled spring explode. And uh, if Arsenal choose to do this, then it would be a bit of a risk. He didn't make my top 10 alternatives to Emi Buendia um, for a, for reasons basically related to that. But if Arsenal were to sign him, it could turn out to be an astute piece of business. But there's certainly someone else that I think Arsenal are prioritising a hell of a lot more than Julian Brandt. And that man is Martin Udegaard. Of course, this link keeps persisting. He certainly seems to be Arsenal's priority. I mean, according to Chris Wheatley, according to plenty of Charles Watts, we know that this is the guy that Arsenal are wanting. Edu feels confident that he can get a deal done for Martin Odegaard, despite the fact that Real Madrid have said time after time and reports coming out from AS and Sport in Spain saying that they want to keep hold of him. Despite all of that, it seems Arsenal are adamant about trying to get him. The fact that Odegaard is open 
to a move to Arsenal is very much the the catalyst, the encouragement for this deal to happen because he wants a stable location. He wants assurances. Arsenal have given him those assurances. Mikel Arteta likes him and Erdogan knows that he is liked by Mikel Arteta. Because of all those factors, he would be open to the move back to Arsenal on a permanent basis, knowing that he'd be playing week in, week out, which is what he seems to feel is most important to him. Stability, regularity, all of those things he is most intrigued by. Let's move on to our last and most important stories of the day then. You probably saw yesterday evening the main news about bids and price tags associated with these two players. We'll kick off with Ruben Neves. Um, supposedly, Wolves are looking, despite previous reports of a £35 million figure attached to Ruben Neves, supposedly Wolves, according to the Telegraph, want around £40 million for Ruben Neves, which sparked, obviously, Twitter into a, a big furore. Yesterday, I was part of it. I was tweeting out saying, absolutely not. I'm not going as high as £40 million for Ruben Neves. I don't think when you look at the prices being associated to Granit Xhaka, we've, we've covered that now, Roma have had around a €15 million Euro bid. So you're looking about just between £12 and £13 million pounds, uh, rejected. Is Granit Xhaka a three times worse off than Ruben Neves? Absolutely not. Is there mitigating circumstances for the reason for that price? Of course, there are. He's moving away from England. Of course, Italy have got their their issues with, with dealing with kind of figures and stuff like that. Of course, he's open to a move away. Of course, there's the fact he's only got two years left on his deal and Arsenal are open to selling him. All of those things, as well as his age being 28. But to me, 28-year-old, you're in your prime. You're at the top level of your game. For a lot of players, that would see them go for even more than what you usually see players go for because they're an immediate impact. They're at the top of their game. They're going to be playing. So I understand the thought process behind saying, yeah, sure, Neves is 24, but still, it's such a massive difference. It's, it's not a serious figure to offer, first of all, for Granite Xhaka at 15 million euros. It's not acceptable, and Arsenal shouldn't be accepting a figure of that, of that just low standard. And for Ruben Neves, Arsenal need to work on getting that figure down. I mean, the max I would stretch to is 35, and that includes any add-ons. So you'd be looking for a £30 million bid, which included £5 million worth of add-ons. That's the maximum I feel I'd be comfortable going to. You do need to have a price. You do certainly need to have a price in that in that ballpark. This Maybe it comes across slightly contradictory to how I thought about Emi Buendia, because I felt like we should have gone for him. But I think that was more down to the fact that you're competing with a club like Villa, that you are... On a level above, their target is to try and close the gap between themselves and us and Spurs and Everton. Our target is to try and get to the top four, and we shouldn't really be allowing a club that's on that level to out-beat, out-compete us for that key position for a player that we clearly wanted. Whereas for Neves right now, Arsenal seemingly are the only club really pushing for this. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, of course. But that, for me, should be enough to say, look, there's no other clubs in for him right now. There's no bidding wars going on. He wants to move. He's open to the move get the deal done, put the bid in, get this deal moving. Um, but that that is all the stories from today. And of course, as we do always like to do, we'll finish off with your thoughts in the chat box. Uh, I don't know why I'm so blue today. <laughs> it's like a blue light on me. I don't know why. I don't know if I change the lighting. There we go. I'm a little bit more healthy now. I don't look like I'm going to pass out. Maybe that's why I was pronouncing Kieran Trippier as Kieran Tierney. There we go. Let's move on and see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Uh, Manu says, uh, do you think uh, we would have gotten Buendia if we hadn't had uh, Erdogan on loan this January? I think Arsenal believe they are getting him for at least another year. So 
believe in the fact that maybe we didn't get Buendia because they're confident that we're going to be going out and getting Martin Odegaard. Um, I'm not sure. It's, it's impossible to say, Manu. Maybe there's a factor. Maybe there's a theory and some credit in that. Um, I'm just I'm just not quite sure that there would be related, though, to be honest. Henry, hey, Tom, do you think Smithrow can be our established number 10 and find another player as backup? Henry, I do believe in the future that Smithrow will very much be Arsenal's creative fulcrum in this team. The problem is, is that you can't trust his fitness. He's got so many injury issues in the past. He's been missing games throughout the second half of the season because of injury. Arsenal need quality, not backup. They need quality competition for Emile Smith-Rowe. The fact that he's versatile and can play in a wider area means that you can also play the two players together as we saw him and Martin Erdegaard play last season. So it's very important that you add someone of quality, not with the mindset that they're going to be backup or cover for Smith-Rowe. But I do believe long-term, yes, he will be a very, very key creative figure in the Arsenal team. Let's scroll up a little bit more. Uh, Samuel Poston says, Neves gives us leadership. Uh, he is young. His skills are better than Xhaka. But 40 million is a lot. 30 million is already pushing it. Uh, Langer says, I'm glad Xhaka is leaving. The guy always slows down attacks and stops them altogether by passing back to the keeper. I mean, we know that's not true because, I mean, we've, we've gone through his statistics and know that his forward to backward pass ratio is is certainly not something that I think it's a bit of a myth. Uh, I think we've disproven it. Disproven it, Jesus. Disproved it a hell of a lot uh, on the channel. So, yeah, it's, it's not a case of him slowing us down. It's just not maybe as quick as we need him to be. I don't think you would describe him as slowing it down because some of his passes are really important, especially out to the left-hand side. But another reason why I'm hoping or open anyway to seeing him move on is because I think Ruben Neves is a better player. I think that he improves us in the areas that we need him to. He's Whilst he's not good as good at passing, his passing is still good. It's because Granit Xhaka's passing is just on a, a, such a high percentile, whereas you've got Neves is a very good passer, but he's better defensively. He's better at intercepting. He's better at playing balls into the box more proactively. His leadership skills are good as well, Ruben Neves too. And he's obviously captain at a very, very young age of Porto. So that's all there. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I 100% think that we should be looking if we are going to replace Granite Jacket to bring him in. Now, there is a, a side note to this and saying that I'm not going to be happy if we sell Granite Jacket and bring in Ruben Neves. And that is it in that department because I think we should have been looking for another player in that midfield area anyway of the ilk of Basuma of a Sambi Lokonga, these types of guys that are more mobile, give you more uh, mobility and key kind of defensive issues uh, being solved at the back, sweepers in front of that back four or back three or whatever you want to use. I think it's important that you still go out and sign your Basumas because if you just go out and sign Ruben Neves, it's not good enough. It's not what we need to still add to the team. Ruben Neves is a great replacement in my view for Granite Xhaka, but we still need to add that different value that different variable to Arsenal's team this summer. Uh, Thomas says, hi, Tom, do you think Neves coming in will rule out a Basumida? Well, there you go. Uh, I don't think it will rule it out, or rather I hope it won't, uh, Tom, but at the end of the day, you never know with this Arsenal team. The, re the answer is it shouldn't. It shouldn't rule them out because they were interested in a central midfielder anyway before Granite Xhaka looked like he was going. So, 100%. Oliver Young says, why is nobody talking about Kese? Uh, another African player I know, but still, yeah, he's got one year left on his deal uh, at AC Milan. Uh, he's highly rated. Certainly someone that um, I know Harry Simeon is a very, very big fan of with his Serie A knowledge. Um, but 
it's just not seemingly cropped up on the radar. It's not certainly something that Arsenal are looking at at the moment, which it does surprise me because I think he, he fits the profile of what we're looking for. So I am surprised. Absolutely. Uh, Ivan says, Tyler Adams, the American international for RB Leipzig for the Gunners. No links to him so far. Uh, absolutely none whatsoever. Uh, let's scroll up a little bit and get some other questions. Uh, Shailendra says, is there any chance that we sign Erdogan for more than one year on loan and keep Willock so we can spend on other positions. The loan possibility of Erdogan, I think, is decreasing by every passing day. He doesn't want to move on loan. He wants stability. He wants the option to be able to stay at a club permanently, know his place. And can you blame the guy? He's been on how many loans since he joined Real Madrid? A ridiculous amount. He doesn't want to turn into a, a Lucas Piazon who just joined uh, Chelsea and went on a ridiculous amount of loans and then left in his mid to late 20s. You don't want that. Absolutely, you don't want that. Um, Bradley Costello says, Tom, can you do a video on football finances and FFP rules? Because I'm just so confused how everybody else has never had any problems uh, buying even teams like Villa and West Ham can afford players. Certainly, if we can get some financial experts into the game, then we will 100% uh, do a more finance-focused show. Uh, Hasala says, Tom, do you think that Erdogan can play as a number eight? You would have to have a more defensive-minded number eight next to him and I think a number six behind him but there's no reason why it couldn't work. But if you're going to play him as a number eight, you may as well play him as a 10 and use those that eight and six as kind of a double pivot behind him. So I think you could do, but I think you'd need contingencies in place if you were going to do that, which I'm not sure Arsenal would be willing to do. Alistair, any news on Bellerin leaving? Yep, scroll back to the start of the video, mate, and we talk a lot about that already. Uh, Ify says, Angisa, Lokonga, Bisuma, uh, get one of them. We already have Onini and Partey. Yeah, very true. We do. But I think we need to add some clear quality. I don't think Anguissa is good enough to be that quality player for me. Doesn't have the potential side of things either. It's Basuma or Balokonga all the way. <clears throat> um, AZ says, do you think uh, another loan for Genduzi is a better option? Well, no, because he's only got a year left on his deal. We're led to believe this whole report of a, maybe an additional year. We don't know if it's there. We don't think he's going to sign a new deal. So no. Um, sell him for whatever we can get. And uh, move on, 100%. Uh, Answer says, would you be happy if we sign Neves, Lokonga and Nobusuma? Yes, I would. I would be fine with that. Um, I think Lokonga is a, a fantastically, uh, really good kind of up-and-coming player that's already of a level that would be able to play first-team football. I know that a lot of people, including myself, are very, very hyped on the whole Basuma situation. And I think that is leading to a lot of hostility when we see links with other players because people are so, so desperate to get Basuma and you shouldn't really, I've learned the hard way with the whole Zobosli situation in January, you can't just pin all your hopes on one player because you will end up being disappointed most times. So you need to be open to having other options and Lokonga is a fantastic talent and certainly one that a lot of big teams like Borussia Dortmund, AC Milan are also interested in. So uh, Neves and uh, Lokonga, 100%. Uh, Oliver Young, 620 watching, only 75 likes. Please drop a like on the video, guys. Show the appreciation for the daily graft that we're using and putting out with these shows. Uh, Indanil says, uh, Tom, thoughts on Robin Gosens of Atalanta? Only has one year left on his contract and would be a competition for Kieran Tierney. The reason why I don't think we'd go for someone of that ilk is because Gersons would want to start. Um, he would want to be playing week in, week out. I know he can play in kind of a more advanced role as well as a left-back role, but... 
I think he would want to start. And I don't think he'd want to move to a club where Kieran Tierney is already very well established. But he's a great player. And if we didn't have Kieran Tierney, he'd be someone I would be looking at. Yes. Uh, Jose says, Onana or Leno? Would you rather and do you want to sign Matt Ryan? Yes, I do want to sign Matt Ryan. Uh, I think he's a very good and capable backup goalkeeper. Onana or Leno, I lean towards Onana. The statistics make me lean towards him. We've done a dedicated tactical breakdown on him. So, yeah, well, we compared them both and Onana came out on top um, by quite a distance as well. Also, if you haven't checked out already, yesterday we did a tactical breakdown on Yuri Alberto, the young Brazilian 20-year-old striker that we've been linked to. If you want to find out all about him, then you can do in uh, in that video. So make sure you check it out. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more. Uh, Yael says, Tom, uh, do you think there will be any way that we sign Onana and still keep Leno? Yes, I do. I think that if Onana's ban is upheld... They could still look to sign him this summer. They then keep hold of Leno, and then they might sell him on in either January or in at the end of the season. Um, so, yeah, I do think there is an option that we might do both, to be honest. If we do do that, then it might be that we don't sign a backup keeper for that period of time, or if it depends on his... On, it all depends on the band situation, which we should be finding out about in the next few days or so. Uh, no further news on Matt Ryan yet, Russ, but we know what happened last time when he was announced completely out of the blue. That might be what happens again this time, so we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Adam Banabez says, don't you think that Neves is a much more press-resistant midfielder than Xhaka? That really is what a bigger flaw for us. When you say press-resistant, do you mean, I'm assuming you either mean one of two things. You either mean that he doesn't press like Granite Xhaka does, which I'm not sure is necessarily true. Neves's heat map shows that he covers much more of the pitch than Granite Xhaka, or you're saying that his passing style doesn't complement that of a team that wants to press, um, which I also would disagree with Adam because his passes are a lot more positive. They do move into the box uh, a hell of a lot more and try and break the press of opposition teams as well. So no, I don't agree um, with the statement if I've in, if I'd interpreted what you meant right but it was quite a difficult one to understand uh, Tarun thank you so much for the donation mate much appreciated um, why not sign someone like Oyathabal 50 goals in four seasons for Sociedad is 24 and can play left mid cam and right mid double digits assists across last two seasons very simply Tarun because when Oyathabal leaves it's going to be for a absolutely astronomical figure um, I mean, he's already been linked with Man City, £60 million plus moves. I don't think Arsenal are going to be in the market to sign someone of that level, of that price. Um, but I 100% would be on board with it because I love Oyathabal, but I just don't think that he is going to move uh, to Arsenal for the money that we're looking for. But thanks for the donation, mate, and the question. Much appreciated. Um, uh, let's go to Alpha. He says, hey, Tom, Adam meant uh, he doesn't lose the ball as much when being pressed. He'd be able to get out of sticky areas as he can pass with both feet, unlike Jacker. Oh, in that case, then yeah, 100%. You're spot on. <laughs> if that's what you meant, sorry again. Uh, yes, everyone's now telling me what press resistant means. Me, great. <laughs> Fantastic. Much appreciated, guys. Um, Gavin says, What are the chances of Donny van der Beek transfer from Manchester United? Very unlikely. Um, I would not expect that to go through. I think Man United would command a huge figure um from from us because obviously a, a premier league rival uh but what i would 100 percent be interested in it but i i don't think that uh they would sell for a figure that we're not gonna you know turn our noses up at, at something ridiculously high and they paid a big fee for him anyway so they're going to want to get more even though he's had a poor season jason says if neves comes in tom 
What do you think the plan is for the formation, starting midfield and attack? Include any more signings you think we want. If Neves comes in, then plan for the midfield has to be bringing in still number six of a more mobile nature, a Basuma, a Lokonga, or, uh, and a number 10, a right back, a backup goalkeeper, backup left back, maybe even a starting goalkeeper, depending on the situation with Onana and Leno. There's lots to do. And it's only the 8th of June. Transfer window opens tomorrow. So there's lots of work to do, Jason. But uh, fingers crossed we can get it all done. Uh, Alan Matthews says, heard a rumour that Kroenke only gave us £35 million, um, and the rest we have to sell and get the money. Do you have anything on this? I don't have anything for you on that, but I have heard the same rumour, not from like a source of mine, but someone who's who's said that to me. I did hear it. I don't know if it was you, Alan, um, but someone did DM me and say this as well. So wherever you've heard it from, I imagine they've also heard it from, um, which is a shame if it's true because you think big plans to invest would mean a hell of a lot more. But no, I can't legitimize that claim. Um, and I I don't know whether it's true or not, so sorry. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. We're getting loads of questions coming in, guys. Uh, Manu says, uh, we are talking uh, about signing from the outside, but who would you be looking to integrate from within, as in the academy? Um, there's not too many, mate, to be honest. They're not of yet the desired level. You look at your Aziz as the most kind of potential. Balogun, of course, is, is an obvious one you want to integrate next season. Aziz is, for me, someone who should go out on loan, should get a championship loan. Um, I think that would be really good for him, getting playing senior football week in, week out, see how he develops, see how he reacts to it. Um, you've got young guys that have spent some time on loan, like McGuinness and Ballards at Blackpool and at Ipswich, have done quite well. Can they make the step up? That will have to be judged, but they're in a position in the defence which is very competitive. You've got someone like Catalan Kurjan, again, a highly rated kid. You've got Kido Taylor Hart that's probably going to sign a new professional contract but isn't really looking uh, to the first team yet. Charlie Patino is another really highly rated youngster, but again, not really at the desired level that we're going to be looking to integrate him into the first team yet. Um, Nikolai Moller, you've got apparently, I saw an interesting word on George Lewis yesterday, the Norwegian that we signed from Fram Larvik in the summer of 2020. He supposedly is wanted by Arteta to go out alone because they do rate him quite highly. Although I, I didn't think he was tearing up trees for the youth team. So I, I don't know. He had he did suffer a bit with a, a big injury, which obviously kept him out for a while. But yeah, supposedly he's wanted to go out on loan and, and get some minutes because they think he might have a future. But who knows? We'll have to wait and see on that one. Good question. Much appreciated. Uh, Joel Lopez. Again, Joel Lopez is not really knocked down any doors um, in the left-back position. And since moving from Barcelona, he was very highly rated at Barcelona, but he's not really um, knocked on any doors uh, so far. Sahil says, Tom, do you think uh, we should scrap the idea of signing a 10 and focus on centre mids? No, Sahil, because we need a big summer and we should be focusing on multiple areas. Uh, Arsenal Gunner says, how highly do you rate Flo Balogun? I rate him highly enough that I'd be willing to let go of Nketiah. Um, I'd be fine with, say us not signing a striker this summer and letting him get some minutes. That's how highly I rate him, but I don't think we need to go out and sign a striker. So if that gives you any context to your answer, that that's probably it. Let's scroll down a bit more and get some more of your thoughts. Uh, JD says, I don't think he'll even give us 35 million. Why does everyone think that? Because he said, be excited, because he said he'll back Arteta. Come on, Arteta, Edu and Kroenke together are making fools of us fans. <laughs> JD, as always, giving us the negative pessimism of every single show, along with Yonick. And they must be the same account by this stage. Uh, CA says, Tom, do 
you think Neves is in the mold of a Gundogan or a Jorginho? Every top team needs that style of play. Well, I mean, Gundogan and Jorginho aren't similar, so I wouldn't say they're the same. No one plays with two athletic players. Uh, you're right, they don't. Um, you don't typically see it. I think a lot of people are obsessed and I do use the word obsessed seriously with the idea of this mobile player. I think we need one, but I think they completely discredit the idea of Ruben Neves coming in because he's got 61 pace on FIFA. Like, If that's the way that you're judging players by going on to FIFA and doing it, then that's not how you do it. FIFA's not the real world. <laughs> this doesn't work that way. Uh, hence why I stopped playing it a significant period of time ago. But in regards to the mobility obsession, I think we need someone with more mobility on top of what Granite Xhaka is. Because Granite Xhaka is going, it is important to have your deep line playmaker in the squads. And Neves, I feel, can fill that spot 100%. Um, Tom says, why would we accept under 25 million for Xhaka when we don't need to sell him? 30 million-ish for the younger Neves would be signed. Probably because they're afraid of losing value on him. They're afraid that they're going to want to bring in a midfielder anyway this summer. That probably means that Xhaka won't be starting too many games. And so, therefore, if they can sell him on, then great, because you can get some money for him. That's probably the reason why they're open to selling him, to be honest. Um, Kyle says, believe me, guys, expect big investment this summer. If only we had your confidence, mate. Uh, this is not Alex says, we should sign Neves because he is great in football manager. <laughs> uh, Michael Otto says, where can we find a deep line playmaker with pace? Probably cost us £100 million. Uh, Jasmine says, Jacker has two years left in his contract. He's 28 years old. Neves has four years on his contract, 24 years old. And Neves is the better player. 20, 20 million for Xhaka. And 35 million for Neves sounds about right, isn't it? If it's 20 million pounds, yes. If it's 20 million euros, then no, because I don't see Neves still as... I mean, he's, he's 28 years old, Jack, which people are using as a negative. He's in his prime. He's at the top of his game. This is not an age where you say, oh, yeah, he's on the way down. No, 28 years of age, to, like 27 to 30 are your prime years. So you've still got two to three top years at the top, top, top level of your game with then your 30s to 32s, it's slightly below that beginning of the decline, then beyond that, it starts to exponentially go downwards. So it doesn't make sense when people say to me, oh, he's 28, so he's worthless. No, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> he's in his prime, so he should be at the top of his possible value right now. Potential is money, sure, but potential is a risk, whereas you know what you're getting with Granite Xhaka, and you can be assured of your investment. So that's that's why it's different. Oh, dear. Uh, Check Perk says, the longer we wait uh, to move for players, the longer we take to buy players. It's the Arsenal way, and it's the why we are mid-table. It's simple. I mean, I don't think just transfers is the reason why we're mid-table. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons why we're mid-table, but yes. Anyway, let's, uh, let's move on from today's show. I will be throwing out some more content for you this evening. We have, of course, our Arsenal Transfer Podcast. It is Tuesday, which means our weekly show will be joined by a few people to chat about the Arsenal Transfer situation. I look forward to that. That'll be at 5 p.m. UK time. I'm also going to try and get a tactical breakdown out for you within the next 48 hours or so on Chalanoglu uh, to do an updated version of him. If you think we should be covering anyone else, then do let me know. We've already done one on Ruben Neves. You can check that out on the channel. It is the I think it's the pinned video if you want to go and check it out. So please do. Anyway, it's been a pleasure to speak to you guys as always. Drop a like on the video if you've, if you've subscribed. I mean, drop a like on the video anyway, but drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. And as always, up the Arsenal. 
It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.